What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 43 of the Batman News Weekly podcast. Uh, so last week's episode seemed to do pretty good with starting off with comic books, so we're going to go ahead and go ahead and do that on this episode and probably going forward. But I do want to let you know that we do have some interesting stuff, possibly video game rumor news. We got Joker in Matt Reeves' Batman news, uh, more Batwoman news because it just gets crazier and crazier each week. That whole thing is a soap opera. And then, of course, we will be giving our thoughts on the freaking latest Harley Quinn episode. But uh, we do have to clarify something that was mentioned last week because news came out, I believe, that next day. Yeah, the very next day. Yeah. Yeah, the very next day, uh, DC Comics has severed their ties with, what is it, Diamond? Is it just called Diamond? Diamond Distribution. There you go. And, uh, yeah, this is actually really huge. And depending on, I guess, your view on it... Uh, it could be really good or it could be really bad. Um, it seems really good from DC's point of view, obviously. Uh, yeah. Diamond didn't seem to be too happy about it. I felt like their kind of response was kind of like, we're going to paint DC in a bad light. Uh, yeah, kind of throwing a little bit of shade. And, you know, it It really, when when you look at who it really affects, it, it affects the comic shop overall. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, the comic shops were paying one entity for anything and everything yeah uh so you could say oh for us we've always talked about the monopoly aspect of Mm -hmm. the distribution of comics toys everything yeah now a lot of people are also talking about how that actually messes with the pricing of everything compared Mm -hmm. to these new distributors for dc they're having to write new paychecks and it's really it Honestly, it would probably help the comic shops more, but because we are in, you know, such a state of world where, you know, change is bad Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and, oh, well, I was so comfortable with doing this. Now you're having me go out of my way to do this. And honestly, I think people need to get out of that mentality for sure because, with DC, DC is now dealing with three different companies to deal with their distrib- uh, distribution. Yeah. Now, I believe that could mean that trades and graphic novels are coming from a you know completely different uh, distributor compared to the single issues. From my understanding, uh, the like hardcovers and trades and stuff are coming from Random House. Yes. So they will be doing that, and then those other two companies will be doing the trades. I mean the, the single issues. Yeah, single issues. Yes. So with that, that would mean that – because the one of the biggest complaints that I always got from people when I worked at the at the comic shop that you know we both go to, and even hearing online, is the fact that graphic novels are either delayed all the time or they're canceled. Mm-hmm. This could possibly mean the ending of that problem. Yeah. So my my thing with this is I've you know depending on your you know there's many many views on America, um, but I think the one thing that's always been cool about America or like capitalism or whatever, and I could be very wrong here, you know, if I'm not a fucking major in this shit, but I've always thought competition is good because I think competition makes things better. Yeah. And the moment that you the moment somebody has a stranglehold on one particular item or just genre or whatever, 
they they set the market and they can do whatever the fuck they want. And I think it's one reason why a lot of people do get, I mean, as much as they love Disney, get scared that Disney buys everything because then everything's just going to be cookie cutter Disney. And not everybody wants that. You know what I mean? Like, I know we've had this discussion on the podcast before. We're like, we do not want Disney to buy DC ever. We never want that to happen. I know <laughs> yeah. Because it just, it we don't want it to be Marvel. Like, we want Marvel to be Marvel. We want DC to be DC. They don't need to be the same. Like, we need variety. Um, but I don't think that'll happen at any point. But the thing is, I think, you know, with three different distributions, I would hope this is better for the comic shops because now those comic shops, I mean, the the DC, like, people that they're working with could be like, oh, we can actually provide a cheaper alternative for publishing and then those guys over there and hopefully that's what we can start getting like even if it's you know a dollar less or whatever than they pay over there that adds up over time you know what i mean yeah um i don't know the distribute like the you know the logistics of all of that but i think competition is good because diamond is going to want to keep as much business as possible so now if random house or these other two companies which i'm forgetting their name right now if they're providing a better product, who's to say Marvel won't go over there or Dark Horse or, you know, Image or anybody? Yeah. Like, just even taking away one of those other smaller people would be big. And, you know, Diamond mentioned something about, like, oh, this is basically going to be, like, their rebirth and they're not going to go anywhere. And this is going to be, like, they're they're going to step it up or something like that. Um so hopefully that means Diamond's going to give comic book shops a better price or they're going to do something better or they're going to bring out better products. I don't know what it's going to mean for them. But all all I, I know is that for me personally, I am not really in a good spot with Diamond right now because mm-hmm. they themselves, uh, I believe for like the first month and a half or whatever, for these books that are coming out during the pandemic mm-hmm. are actually going to have a like pandemic label to show the history of the real world, which will give value to books. So they're actually pushing the collector's market to mm-hmm. swarm comic shops during the pandemic, which I am not okay. really cool with. So that's, but that won't be on DC's then. Now, now it won't. Okay. No. So DC is with them until the end of June, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And then it's taking over some, maybe some well. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. But um, I think DC, for the first time since I've been reading comics and actually cared about this, like, you know, the whole scene, I think DC is making moves to try to improve comics. Yes. And um, and I, you got to give them some, you know, there was all of these rumors last year. And like I said, there was, oh, Marvel's going to buy DC. Or you know what? AT&T doesn't like publishing, so they're just going to sell them to Marvel. And, like, there was all of these rumors. And obviously, nobody wants that to happen. And I think it's just clickbaity articles. But it's it's showing you right now. DC is showing you that, no, we want to try to actually make this a booming market. And we're going to go in a different way. We're going to branch off from the freaking thing we know, which is Diamond. And we're going to see what these new companies can do for us. See if they can bring in new readers. See if we can do something else. I've always said DC needs to, if, if they're going to push these young audience books, they need to start going to like schools and stuff. Like when I was in school, we had this like stupid little like library thing that they, they would be, bring these big tins 
like these big rolling tins that were like mobile libraries and you would open them up and that was like book fair day i think that's yeah what the, it was. the book fair the scholastic book dc fair. should do that like they're like hey when are your book fairs gonna happen we want to bring a dc one bring a nice little freaking dc thing with a bunch of like kids you know high school to you know middle school books or whatever like oh yeah you want to read batman batman has this blah, blah blah and maybe if it is in high school they can sell some graphic novel stuff i think that'd be kind of cool and, uh, yeah, I think DC should do stuff like that to where you go. Like, because, honestly, those days sucked. But you like them to get out of class. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go check out the freaking book fair. Yay. Dude, I love the book fair. Now, That's not for everybody now. It, it, it may just be because I'm a nerd. But also, like, because the book fairs, when I was little, it was, like, on a point system also. So, mm-hmm. like, you could get all these books. But with your points, you could also get, like extra like erasers or candy yeah, and yeah. like all sorts of stuff yeah yeah so they need to do shit like that so just imagine that right like you have batman erasers or superman pencils or all of that crap yeah, yeah. and you just go and you do that and and you know try to make it affordable because even know, even remember. you know we just recently went to the uh alamo city comic-con here mm-hmm. And their DC booth has all of that random stuff. It has the buttons. It has the lanyards. It has all sorts of stuff. They could definitely yeah. do it. Yeah, and I think that's what they should do. And and I've always said, I've said it on this podcast a billion times, DC or AT&T, WB, whoever's in charge of marketing needs to have, like they have so many good properties, they need to host their own events like Apple does. Like they need to do that kind of shit in-house at WB Studios. I know that they have like a little conference room or theater or whatever there. And they just need to pimp out their own shit and be like, oh, yeah, this is what we got going on in comics. This is what's coming in movies, video games. Boom. They should just do one event every year talking about the new shit. And um, I think that's what they should do. But I don't it, know. It, it know? would totally make sense just because it's AT&T. They are yeah. a communications company. I yeah. feel like they should know how to, you know, do something like that or yeah. a – I mean, they have one for freaking uh, – all, I mean, this is technically, you know, the the company for the phones, but I mean, they they do sponsor that shit. Yeah. But I mean, I I totally see AT and T in the future setting up something for DC. I, I I honestly do. They should, they should, and I think it would be, you know, because you could also do HBO Max. Like, all right, you know, like you split up half of the show, right? Like, if you have your Game of Thrones and you have your like Chernobyls and all these other epic, like at Westworld, all of that, like. I know, oh, you reserved that for Comic-Con, but no, fuck Comic-Con. Do your own thing. And just like it just call it DC Direct or HBO Max. Uh, but see, Comic-Con we've we've seen as early as last year mm-hmm. that Comic-Con was not the big boy in town. No. It was uh what 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 was it? Do you remember CCXP or something? Yes, like that. CCXP yeah. down in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. That was the big talk. I mean, with their performance of what they did with Wonder Woman, huge. Yeah. The the freaking uh, not Artist Alley, but just the the conference floor altogether yeah. was huge. Like it, it was almost like this whole thing with Diamond and these other distributors. Somebody had to step in and say, "Hey, we're gonna be the next big thing." Yeah, and I think AT and T can definitely do that if they have the balls to do so. Yeah. You know, I think they should, and it'd be really nice to see something like that. Uh, but you know, we'll wait and see. This is still what a year into this partnership. It's they haven't had them that long, so I think we'll see a lot of changes over time. I think once once they start seeing 
the revenue come in from movies, video games, stuff like that. They'll be like, all right, we got to hit this hero stuff big. They're already putting money in for the shows, uh, not the CW shows, the HBO Max ones. Yeah. I think once they see all of that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we, we got something here. Let's go ahead and make it better. And, yeah, hopefully they will care about publishing. And maybe I think, you know, because I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you were the one that told me or something, but everybody says comics usually make their most money from trades, right? Is, yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they just pop out the trades faster, that's what I've, I've always said. Like, I'm still waiting for all of Tom King's shit to come out so I can buy him in the deluxe version. Yeah. Like, I just want to have, like, I don't want to have the 40 volumes or whatever he has, or, like, the little <laughs> arcs. I want, yeah. like, you know, like, the f- three or four arcs in one deluxe book um, just because it saves space. But I want it in f- a physical copy. But, yeah, I think they should pop that shit out way faster. And I think if you can just throw down, like, badass collector editions, like, right at the start, like, that's fucking, that's solid. So Yeah, for sure. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We just want to report on that because we know we mentioned that it's, we thought Diamond and DC were going to have a thing going. I sent this to Clay, and he was like, wow. Um, so, like, yeah, this was uh, very interesting news, and we wanted to just go ahead and clear that up for you guys uh, in case you didn't hear about it. But we're going to jump into comics because it is finally, we are officially back in the game, ladies and gentlemen, because we finally have a new Batman comic. Batman 92. We have not read this since February? Yeah. March? Something like that. It's maybe 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 the first week of March. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and when we left off, the Riddler was going to put Batman in his plan, his master plan, this big maze. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be talking about that here in a little bit. But we got a new Batman. We got a Nightwing issue. We got the Joker 80th anniversary. We talked about Catwoman last week. We got Joker this week. And then we got a Secret Files that actually ties into the Batman story that we uh, read recently. Um, I say let's start with Nightwing. Uh, This is your boy, so give me your thoughts on this. This, I mean, I I kind of, I I texted you this, you know, earlier this week that I feel that Jurgens kind of MacGuffined the very Mm -hmm. ending of this book. Um, Overall, I mean, art still very solid. Um, We finally, uh, finally, that poor dude, now it it he may not be dead, yeah. You know, but at he this at this point, put him out of his misery. Don't yeah. kill him. Don't stop his heart, and then bring him back to life. Like I'm sorry, yeah. like that is insult to injury at this point. Of course, it is the brother of the uh, it, it's the brother and sister that were the Night Wings, mm-hmm. uh, that were part of that group. He is uh you know his heart does stop the monitor. You know, does the little e. No, and, this is not. This is not her brother. This is the Nightwing guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He gets sorry, his sorry. Face burned sorry. By Joker. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is the original officer that found yeah. the Nightwing uh, cave or the 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 bird's nest or whatever he yeah. called it. Uh, this is yeah. This is the of course the officer that actually was responding to that call, mm-hmm. uh, which was a fake call made by Joker. Yeah, and. He did stab him, and then he did uh, burn his face. Mm-hmm. So he is dying. So man, they killed the wrong Nightwing. Man, they killed yeah. the no- the wrong Nightwing. But we do see our boy Rick. I almost said mm-hmm. Dick, but we do have some well, he news. Has a new name now. <laughs> yeah, but we 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 do have uh, some yeah. news after this as well. Uh, we see him playing vigilante. I don't like this random new costume that they gave him. 
Yeah. This like red, white, and blue stuff. It looks weird. It does look like it's something you would pick up at Academy, though. Yes, so, it does. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, armor. But he, you know, you, you see him doing his vigilante stuff, so you can kind of see how he is more willing to kind of just go out there and and do the right thing, yeah. like a normal Nightwing would. Mm-hmm. But uh, his girlfriend Bay is at their apartment, and lo and behold, Joker is there. Yeah. So he has the the Nightwing suit draped over him all bloody and rick comes in but this is the part where i got really mad Mm -hmm. joker in the last nightwing issue issue 70 he found this crystal yeah uh and it was the what was it called i can't like the 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 identity crystal or whatever i can't remember what exactly it was the memory crystal is what rick calls it so, in issue 70, he did not know what it is, mm-hmm. or even 69, issue 69 and 70, both Rick and Joker did not know what this is, and now, all of a sudden, they know what it is. Yeah. So, I think Jurgens is kind of hoping that you don't realize that, mm-hmm. and now we have a reason for Nightwing to finally become Nightwing. For Rick Grayson to finally become Dick Grayson. Yeah. Because Joker uses this memory crystal to make Rick Grayson now Dickie. Mm-hmm. And make him his lackey, basically. Yeah. This is just one step towards... Uh, Rick Grayson becoming Dick Grayson again and getting his memories back and, you know, full-fledged Nightwing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we know this is going to happen. It was something that was announced a long time ago. Um, Even Jim Lee himself had said that, you know, he's going to fight to bring back Nightwing. And even Tinian said that that was one of his priorities was to bring Nightwing into the fold on his story and everything else. So, honestly... Pretty good story. I mean, it's 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 lackluster. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anything from this run has been exceptionally like awesome, yeah. uh, and I think it's been lacking that ever since Dick was shot in the head. But this is just one step closer to finally getting to that point where we get to see Dick Grayson. Now, one thing that I did share with you uh, and was shared with me via DC, they uh, showed me some uh, covers for Batman. Mm-hmm. And the really big one is that issue 99 has Nightwing on the cover. Yeah. On both the normal cover and on the incentive covers, uh, the character design covers, uh, yeah. you see his old suit and it looks glorious. I'm so happy that we're going to be getting him pretty soon. That's going to be in, what, eight issues? So four months? Yeah. So towards, like, what, we October? Yeah. Almost? Yeah. yeah. So, September something like that. Yeah, yeah, this issue wasn't anything special. Um I did notice that like one thing that I don't think I've cuz I I've been reading Nightwing off and on. I it's very stupid that none of these people have known that he's Nightwing. Very stupid. Cuz he fights the same way. Yeah. He has the two sticks, he's all well, crazy. That that was the big thing was that like each of them had that thought. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, you know, you, you, you're you pretty good at this. It's like you've done this before. 
And yeah. Jurgens actually had that type of dialogue of like, oh, you move just like him. Mm-hmm. And literally, that's, that's kind of one of the big things that I hate about comics is that you want to put those little nuggets in to kind of be like, oh, he's his muscle memory is g- kicking in. You know, this is yeah. one step closer to being Dick again. But it just makes everyone in your book look like an idiot. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I don't like. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it was just really weird. Uh, it's cool. Again, like, it's nice to see that the Joker is involved in a lot of these books. But again, I have, like, Joker fatigue. Like, there's just so much Joker. And I I mentioned this to Clay, and we'll, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in, in the Batman book. But I feel like Tinian's setting up for something really big, and I just don't think he's going to stick this landing. Um, because he's taken over all the Bat Family books. And, you know, that was the one cool thing about Tom King, and maybe some people will say they don't really like that. But Tom King was like, I'm not going to affect anybody else's book. Like, I'll do something, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. And maybe that's where people didn't like going on with the Batman thing. Although I will say that was a huge moment in comics. And you're just like, oh, shit, when, you know, Nightwing got sniped. Yeah. Granted, I think they could have went a whole different, better route with Nightwing, opposed to doing this Rick stuff. And I thought that would have been, like, a more serious uh, story. But, you know, I don't really feel like a lot's happened in 70-plus issues, or 20-plus issues. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's whatever. But, yeah, I think we're just getting one step closer and we'll see what happens in the next issue. But, yeah, not not too much to see from uh, that. But I think next we should talk about the... Since Secret Files kind of goes with Batman, we'll go ahead and jump into the Joker 80th Spectacular and just talk about our favorite issues. Um, this was pretty cool. This was kind of uh, like... It, it's so weird that the Joker... The Joker and the Catwoman were very similar. Like, in between the stories, there was, like, two different art pages... That you could see of the character. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that with Robin. And Robin was just like solid stories from past issues. And I don't know why they didn't I even think try to that take that. There, there was pinups. But it was only mm-hmm. like one in between each yeah. story. So it wasn't a whole lot. And yeah. I think that's more so because a lot of the uh, book was. Because I, I, I even think the stories were more than eight pages mm-hmm. in Robin. I think some had the luxury of like having more than eight pages. So in here, just like in the Catwoman book, these stories are kind of short. Yeah. And I do think that there's a lot more stories here than there were in both Catwoman and in Robin. So, yeah. you know, that yeah, could be the true. reason why. It's possible. Um, but these were like some pretty solid Joker stories. Uh, the first two stories start off with Scott Snyder and uh, Jane, uh, James Tinian who, uh, you know, previous Batman writer, or a previous Batman writer, and the current Batman writer. Uh, I thought this was really cool. Uh, Snyder's was terrifying, which is what we kind of talked about. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It just involves basically just, we're not going to go, I mean, unless it's one of your, what's, which, which is your favorite story in here, would you say? My favorite story in here, if I honestly had to choose, gosh, I would probably have to say... I would have to say Tom Taylor's, like yeah. in a weird way. Either Tom Taylor's, and I actually read it for a second time. I do think that my runner-up would be Punchline Story. Yeah, so I think Punchlines is my favorite just because 
it adds to current continuity. Yeah. And I am a sucker for stuff like that. King did that a lot with his random secret file stories or whatever. And then when they came out in the story, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I like that, you know, this was from James Tinian. So this is adding to his story. And we got to see kind of punchline before her. Do you know who she looks like? She looks like fucking Aubrey Plaza from Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, do you know what's hilarious about that? Literally before you called me for this recording, there is a clip of Scott Pilgrim when she is doing the coffee thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's exactly who she looks like. I just thought about it. I was like, oh, shit, she looks like Aubrey Plaza. Um, But anyways, so, yeah, I would have to say that that is my favorite story. So in this particular story, we see this young girl getting who's in. So apparently Joker did something in Gotham like he always does. And uh, they're at Snyder College. I just realized this. Um, They're at Snyder College. And the dean is talking to a student because they had superhero day because they wanted to bring up everybody's spirits after this horrible, horrible Joker situation. And there's this one girl who is wearing Joker stuff. And uh, she's smoking a cigarette in her dorm. Off, off, Honestly, too, I saw this on Boy Meets World. I don't know why a superior or a super uh, advisor, teacher, whatever you want to call them, is in a young girl's dorm room. Yeah. I don't think that should be something... Boy Meets World taught me that. It's inappropriate. Well, um, from what I can see when... Oh, wait. Actually, no. You can't see it because the way they show, like, the panel... Yeah. Like, viewing into the room, you cannot... You can't tell if, you can't tell if the door's open or not. No, and I don't think it would be because of the how the story ends. But anyways... This guy is talking to this young lady, who, which I don't think we get her name, do we? Um, I don't know if we get her name in this. Um, but uh, you keep talking, going, and I'll look. Yeah, she she's talking. He's saying like this is inappropriate because you know you're reminding people of the trauma they went through. Basically, she's triggering people, and that's kind of what she wants to do. And she's wearing this Joker outfit, and she just starts talking, and he starts end up laughing. She's like smoking a cigarette. And she like blows it in his face. And um, what happens is he starts laughing and she goes and talk goes on and talking about how she found out about Joker's gas and how she found uh, recipes for it. And she tested it out and she's been able to come up with something. And that's why he's starting to laugh. And he's like starting to kind of freak out because he doesn't know what's happening. And she starts transforming herself into what we know to be as punchline. She starts putting the makeup on. She puts on the necklace. She takes her glasses off, and this guy is basically dying on her bed. And, um, you know, she's just saying, like, she doesn't give a fuck. And he's just kind of curious on what's happening. And what we see is as she's still getting dressed and this guy is dying, uh, she's just like, I'm I'm the punchline. Like, you know, she's basically saying, like, the world is a joke, and I'm the punchline. And then uh, after he's dying laughing on the floor, we see Joker come out of the closet and she's like, do you think I'm ready now? Do you think I'm serious? And he's all like, oh, you're serious. And he was like, this is going to be awesome, basically. And so we see, like, we see somebody not like Harley Quinn, because I think that's what a lot of people were afraid of, that Punchline was going to be just another Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn fell in love with the Joker, and he played on those emotions. 
This girl seemed to be like, no, I'm fucked up and I want to be a part of your gang. She is fucking psycho. Yeah. Now, I just looked through the, the entire book. We do not know her identity. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Who's going to yeah. be the first one? Will it be Tinian or will it be somebody else to give her a name? Yeah, for sure. Or will she stay, you know, secret like the joke? Nameless, yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be very interesting. So, yeah, so I really enjoyed that story, and um, I thought that was pretty cool. Again, Scott Snyder's was really cool, which was the first story that opened this up. It dealt with – so you said you you read somewhere that it finishes his Black Mirror story? I almost want to say that Snyder himself said that it was the ending to, to Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Now – let me you explain it a little bit and yeah. I'll actually look at his tweets. So with this particular thing, it's it all it is is it is a psychiatrist, I think that or a therapist, I'm, I always get those confused, treating Joker's victims. And he's telling this story like about his own personal trauma and this he's like I can help you. We've helped a bunch of people that have dealt with the Joker before. We find out that Bruce Wayne is the one that funds this research just to try to help people and uh, this story, you know, after all of this little dialogue and stuff that happens between all of these characters, we see that this symbolic thing that made this man scared through his whole life and that he flushed down the toilet is back in his room. And he's like, how the hell is this happening? And then we see this terrifying... Well, he gets sprayed in the face by Joker acid. And when he's like on the floor dying, under his bed is the Joker. And you just see this crazy hand reaching out like a horror movie to grab this guy. And it was a pretty terrifying story, and it's called Scars, um, and it was awesome. But I don't remember how it connected to... So there's actually an article from ComicsBeat.com. The mm-hmm. article is, Snyder and Jock bring what, they, what started in Black Mirror full circle with the Joker 80-year special. And it's mm-hmm. actually an interview with Jock. Okay. And he talks about how... Uh, right here it says, uh, they're asking him, you and Scott have done what I think are the best Joker stories of the past decade. What do you think or hope your lasting legacy will be with the Joker? Um, he talks about Detective 880, uh, mm-hmm. which is the the really cool cover with all the bats creating the Joker face and things like yeah. that. Um, so here, I'm sure it's somewhere in here. It's a very long article. Okay. Uh, but... You know, I'm sure they they go into detail. Yeah. Oh, well, right here it says, uh, well, never mind. It says, I remember convincing him in San Diego. We'll to say take it a goes chance. full circle. Yeah, you know, we'll just say that it does. Yeah. But there's a lengthy, lengthy interview. So uh, even Scott did uh, retweet it, and, and he put, you know, basically the article title in his uh, tweet. Okay. But I really did enjoy that story as well you know the terrifying look of jock's art mm-hmm. whenever he draws somebody with the smile you know there was that person that was being interviewed in the very beginning of the story uh is very uh self-conscious about his teeth mm-hmm. and that's why he like he doesn't like there's this weird mentality like you said about how they most victims are afraid to get treatment because they're they're so afraid that joker will come back for them and do it all over again 
And so they don't want to deal with the trauma of that. Mm-hmm. And this guy tells the story of this, you know, this incident that he had when he was a kid and just seeing Joker at the end, just with Jock's art in yeah. pitch black, just seeing his eyes and his smile. That was terrifying. Yeah. And it was pretty awesome. I, I, I love when Snyder gets to take a deep dive into his like, cause that's, that's totally Snyder's like indie vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just going into horror. Yeah. And I don't think DC lets him do a lot of it. You know, they let him do it with Batman Who Laughs, but not so much with his run on Justice League. Yeah. You know, so when he's able but to do it, it's really time, cool. Batman Who Laughs got very tiring. Yes, it so, did. So, you know, I think that was a nice little dose of it. So maybe that's why I really enjoyed it. But a long standing run of that, I don't know <laughs> if I could uh, handle that. Uh, another cool, like another cool few stories in here. I highly suggest you pick this up, guys. There is a really a lot of good stories in here. There was one stories of what would happen if the like what happened if Bruce Wayne died and what would happen to the Joker. That was a very interesting story. My boy Dan yeah. Mora on art on that one. I absolutely yeah. loved it. It looked pretty fantastic. So that was really cool. There was a story in here because every time they do these like eighties year spectaculars, they do like an old school version of like a story. They did uh, like a, a would you say it's like seventies eighties vibe with the uh, introducing the Dove Corpse story. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it has that old school vibe. The very interesting about that one though is he's wearing the outfit from freaking Killing Joke, and he gets the camera from the Dove Corpse in this story. Yeah. So if you kind of want to have one of those stories where like, oh, how does Joker this get is, that outfit? Yeah, this is the lead up to yeah, yeah to that Killing story. Joke. So that's kind of cool. Um, what other stories do we have in here? We had some very uh, unique, crazy ones that were like... Uh, you said one reminded you of Arkham Asylum. Not a story I personally like. But you said that there was something like that. Uh, and then let's go ahead and talk about your favorite one with uh, Tom Taylor's. Yeah, so, you know, this story... You know, when we were talking about it at work, I felt that I wasn't really sure about the vibe because, you know... It seemingly didn't seem like something Joker would do, but the more you really look at it, it's like he ultimately did something very Joker. You know what yeah. I mean? And but so in this story, we start off with this kid uh, that is pulling off the legs of this bug, and you see Joker come up. And I just now realized this in his shadow, you can see that there's a gun. Like, behind him. And so he's like, hey, kid, what are you doing? And the kid's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm messing with these bugs, you know? And he's like, oh, okay. Well, where's your dad? He's like, oh, well, he's not here. And, you know, then Joker starts to help, you know, pull off the legs of the bugs. And the kid tells him, oh, well, if you pull... The best thing about this is if you pull off the legs, they can't run. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, you know, go on to the conversation and you find out that this kid is having a birthday like that Mm -hmm. day, like today was his birthday and nobody was like giving him a birthday party or whatever. So Joker gets up very frustratingly and goes to the like basically the entire neighborhood and literally threatens 
every single person and tells them, hey, this kid has a birthday party. You're going to go to this kid's birthday party right now. Get your stuff and go. And you kind of see how he's threatening these people. Uh, Molotov cocktails, uh, just straight up, you know, threatening to shoot them, threatening kids at playgrounds, uh, threatening to cut up and eat a cat, you know, just random stuff. And all these people look super happy and like are singing happy birthday to him. But like Joker looks super menacing behind this child. So Mm -hmm. you, it, you almost want to say, Oh, look what Joker did. Like he actually is bringing joy to this child. Yeah. But you see the father of this kid actually come in Mm -hmm. and Joker takes him to the kitchen. And this is where he gets super serious. He's like, where were you? Oh, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I was doing this. And he's like, well, we had something very important to do. He's like, yeah, but, you know, J- Batman found us and, you know, he beat the crap out of everybody. He's like, and where were you? And like, oh, I ran. Like, I didn't want to get the shit knocked out of me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Give me your hand. Give me your hand. And I'm going to tell your son that you like basically you slipped and fell. You know, that Mm -hmm. classic excuse. And he cuts off at least three fingers because that's what you see in the panel. And he's like, we're going to give your son this cake. We're going to have a really good time. And then we'll deal with all this stuff later. And they are leaving. You know, Joker's leaving. And the kid's like, whoa, 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 whoa. here, here, take, take this. He's like, oh, that's your bug collection. I can't do that. He's like, yes, please do. Please do. And Joker says, uh, you know, I'm touched and I will treasure them. And I promise I'll only kill them if they try to get out of the box. And he's looking at the father when he's saying this. And that's when you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, you know, I, I asked you, Juice, if there was a time in the animated series... Because I feel like I have seen something like this before. Something mm-hmm. showing that Joker kind of has a heart and kind mm-hmm. of has empathy. Uh, but ultimately, it's to gain something. This was definitely yeah. something to gain. He gained more power over this individual. Yeah. And it was terrifying when you really think about it. Like... Yeah. Of course, you see the, the, the threatening of, you know, the entire neighborhood, but, you know, it's Gotham. So got, Joker threatens the entire city all the time. That's mm-hmm. that's the stuff that you can sort of find comical. Yeah. But when it gets down to it, the the interaction with the father and treating him like a bug, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you said you had never seen anything like that in the animated series, right? Not that I can recall. I mean, it's been a while. Um, I usually like to watch the Joker episodes. Everyone, I actually I prefer watching the Harley episodes over the Joker episodes. But um, you know, the, they're usually hand in hand for most of them. But yeah, Joker usually, if he does something nice, it's not for long, and it's never because he is actually nice. It's always to gain something or to do something psychological. Um, it's what he does to Harley all the time. It's why he's always, you know, been able to get the power over her. Um, and so, yeah, it's always uh, it's always interesting stuff like that. The analogy of the bugs was really good because it was 
that's how Joker treats his henchmen. They're bugs. And he'll always just cut off a little bit of them just so they always keep coming back. Or they're, you know, he, he can't play with something that's dead. It's basically what the little kid said. Yeah. So Joker was like, ah, I could use that. So, yeah, it was it was pretty terrifying because, uh, you know, it's it was Joker. And, like, he's it's why he's one of the best. He's just like Batman. Batman's able to, like, infiltrate things. He's a chameleon. He knows how to act. Joker is the same exact person, uh, just the opposite violent type. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good story. I like that. Uh, we know Paul Dini did a really interesting story that involved Joker having a nightmare and actually getting killed. Uh, he was finally going to get, like, the death penalty. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I thought that was really interesting, too. Hold on. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> Damn, something got stuck in my throat. <clears> throat. Damn. I'll cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> la 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 shit all right um but yeah sorry got a little caught there but uh yeah this paul dini one was pretty pretty crazy because it was about joker having the death penalty and he's like in bed with harley and there's like this uh he, you know the crazy thing is everybody comes back to laugh at him or batman's laughing at him when he's dying which is crazy to think that's a nightmare for joker because he's he's he wants to break batman so bad but I don't think he's ever thought that Batman would laugh at his death. So that's his nightmare. Like, he yeah. wants Batman to be broken. But yeah. Batman's like, ah, you're going to die. Ah, you're finally <laughs> going to die. It's just like, oh, shit. You know, that's a nightmare for Joker. And we find out at the end of that story that it's actually Harley telling that nightmare to Ivy. Uh, and she mentions how she was like, she was like, man, I can't believe that that's, Ivy asks or says, I can't believe that I finally got you to leave. And she was like, no, I, I finally left because I was never in them. Meaning that he always only thinks about Batman. And uh, I thought that's interesting because that's one of the biggest things out there. And I know a lot of people out there be like, oh, ship him, ship him, I got uh, But nobody cares oh, about God. that. Uh, you know, everybody wants that Joker Batman vibe, man. They want them to shippers <laughs> out there. But, um, I mean, that's a common thing, you know. It is... It's not like a romantic thing, although some people try to go to that. Yeah. But it is a nemesis thing. It's like, I want to break you. And it's only Joker's biggest, it's his his one goal in life. And Batman's one goal is to not, you know, not to succumb to killing somebody or not to doing something like that. And that's why Joker constantly gets crazier and crazier to see, like, how long is it going to take to break this guy? And it's why we saw in one of those other earlier stories in this whole thing is that, if he loses Batman, he has no purpose anymore. And so, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a good psychological aspect of the character. Both characters, actually. And so that was kind of a cool little story. And then, of course, Azarello also had a story in here that I thought was pretty intriguing. That was basically paying homage to the uh, Jack Nicholson movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think that is the title of it. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But, I have not, no. Yeah, but it is, if you ever watch that movie, that that is a pretty solid. Because Jack Nicholson's character, I think, if I, it's been years since I've seen it, but I think his character was a villain, and he pleads insanity, and he has to go to an insane asylum, and he ends up, like, kind of riling up everybody there, and they don't want that to happen, so they end up giving him, like, a lobotomy. And, but he's like, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy, and he ends up getting a lobotomy, and then um, I think he makes friends with a big guy. And if I'm not mistaken, there's like a statue in there and they throw it through the window. And that's how he gets out. He ends up escaping the asylum or he ends up 
jumping the fence or some, something along those lines. But I, I'm pretty sure that they throw something through the window because the windows are like that, you know, mesh wiring or whatever. Yeah. So they have to throw something through it, and he gets out, and he jumps over the fence. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's how that movie ends. But I could be wrong because that movie is like from the fucking 70s or 80s, I think. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty solid thing of just Joker going through this and going crazy and getting a lobotomy. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I love the dialogue. It was very different style of art for Lieber Mayhu. He's so hyper-realistic. But this was very different from him. But I actually really enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it, it, solid. it gave, like, almost, like, classic horror, like, comic vibes. That's what yeah. I liked about it. Uh, just the... the uh, the color choices and everything, I really did dig it. I digged it. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty solid thing. But uh, yeah, um, so there's a lot of good stories in here, y'all. You know, we we paraphrase, paraphrase, yeah, we paraphrase, <laughs> we paraphrase a lot of these comics. We don't want to tell you every single detail because we just think you should read comics. So we kind of just tell the really quick stuff. Uh, it is spoilery, but you know what? A lot of these comics are definitely worth reading. So yeah, if you want to pick up the Joker 80th anniversary, there's a lot of cool covers out there. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, go pick up your favorite and uh, read all these cool stories from a lot of great writers because they're pretty awesome. Um, but from there, we're going to jump over to what is known as Batman's Secret Files. Uh, if you've never heard of Batman's Secret Files, it is usually, what is it, was this 100 pages? This was 41 uh, pages. Okay, so 41 pages. It's usually a bigger issue of a comic book that has a multiple multiple stories in it. The cool thing about the Secret Files, because uh, usually previous Secret Files are just a bunch of random Batman one-shot stories. Uh, the main writer usually tries to throw us a, a story in there to kind of connect to his story. We saw it with Tom King. Um, and then it's just a bunch of other random stories that could happen in Batman. The thing I liked about Secret Files number three, though, is it dealt with all of the characters we saw at the start of Tinian's run. So we saw all of these murderers trying to go, I guess, kill politician i remember forgot who they were trying to kill so in that they were trying to kill in the very beginning shit who were they trying to kill i don't remember it wasn't batman no batman just just interrupted their plans yeah but they were always just a distraction but it was part of penguins like ultimate plan for gotham yeah yeah so I think they were just killing important people, or trying to at least. Yeah. And Batman was trying to intercept them, but uh, all that whole gang of characters, that gang of assassins, we we found out all the times that Batman has met them before, or you know maybe the first times that he's met them is kind of what it came across in these stories. We see the first time he met Cheshire, and he underestimated her because he wanted to see if he could bring her from the dark side because she was so young. And he was like, I can bring you back. Like, you know, you don't have to go down this path. And he finds out that Cheshire is just a cold-blooded killer. She's like, I don't want to be your fucking pet. I don't need your help. Like, I'm a fucking badass. I'm going to kill people. It's what I like to do. So he underestimates her, and he almost dies, which is crazy. Uh, We see another one where he teams up with their Green Arrow uh, to fight freaking Merlin. And we find out how Merlin's a hunter. And he uses bait. He's been stalking Batman this whole time. So a lot of these stories feel very early in the early years of Batman. Because he's kind of raw. And he you're like, oh, I can't believe Batman fell for that. But you have to kind of realize that, you know, Batman had those years. As much as we want to think he's perfect and badass, he wasn't, like, the best at the start. But he's learned from all of that. And that's why he's such a badass um, now. 
So we see that Merlin tries to, um, you know, trap Batman with this kid that's burning in a building, hits him with some arrows. Green Arrow actually ends up saving um, saving him towards the end of it. But I love how Batman hid in the shadows to, like, Merlin thought he had him. And he was like, no, nah, I got you, bitch. And then, of course, Green Arrow saves them with one of his ridiculous arrows. And he makes fun of it, too. He's like, see, aren't you glad I had those crazy <laughs> arrows? And um, so I thought that was kind of cool. That also, arrows. Uh, Green Arrow is talking. He's like, why do you have a cape? He was like, what's up with the cape? And uh, so that was pretty interesting because <clears throat> you see Batman at the end of it holding the little girl in his cape. He was like, I like the cape. And so it's cool. It's like a little protection kind of blanket yeah. thing, which I thought was really cool. They The teeth one, nothing really happened in that. Yeah. He was stalking a girl. Yeah. And, you know, Batman shows up to beat this girl's I mean, not, not beat the girl's ass, but beat teeth's ass. And uh, that's pretty much all that happens in it. And he's just talking about how he, like, I guess you learn a person's like ideas or something like because like, how they stalk or whatever i don't know um that story was very lackluster to be honest it was just a big fight scene yeah that's all i enjoyed was. the art from it but that's pretty much it yeah that's the same artist if i'm not mistaken that was for paul dini right yeah for paul dini's story in yeah, in, in the, joker. the joker yeah yeah this next one i enjoyed because one this character is such a ripoff of uh what's his name from watchmen from, I just realized that. From Watchmen? Yeah. It's fucking... What's his name? The comedian? Character. Yeah. That's totally That's totally his design. You don't think so? I can I can see it. And oh, I'm, well, I'm talking about the one... Oh, yeah. Like, like if, you, if you look at him like with the shoulder pads and everything. With the rainbow shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that's totally like a ripoff of the comedian. But the cool thing about this is we learned about Gunsmith. This is his name. He can make a gun out of anything, and that's like his his power or his perk. Uh, the cool thing about this is he set up all of these guns and shit to try to take out Batman, and he had hostages. And uh, didn't he didn't he say he was like testing him or something like that? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he was testing him, and then he had like he gave uh, this kid a gun. It was his he brother. Was, like, yeah. Uh, he had two hostages, right? He gave the the hostage's brother, he's like, oh, you go shoot Batman or I'm going to kill your brother. Yeah. So this kid's like, I got to save my brother. So he goes and he actually shoots Batman. Batman takes the gun away from him, like, give me that bitch. And, uh, you know, he's like, stay here. And he chases Gunsmith. And the crazy thing is Gunsmith ends up throwing a kid off a building because he knows that Batman's going to save him. Batman ends up saving this kid. And then we see the other kid still has a gun. Because he's basically like, I have to shoot you. Like, I have to kill you or my brother's going to die because this guy will just come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's pretty interesting that Batman has, like, this heart-to-heart with him. He's all like, look, man, you don't need to do that. Like, you can actually change. You don't have to pull that trigger. And uh, there's a nice little situation where Batman talks him down from shooting him. And I think that's a really cool thing. And I think a lot of people forget about that with heroes is that you don't always got to beat the shit out of somebody to change their life or to save them. Like, um, so I really enjoyed that. And we got this cool little panels of Batman taking this gun away from the kid, drop taking the bullets out. And uh, Gunsmith got away, it seems like. Um, but, you know, the I love this last line, though. Because he's like, mm, uh, I don't get what's wrong. He was like, Batman isn't afraid of guns. That's not the trigger. It's the Batman is afraid, afraid of, of America. America. Yeah, I was that, like, damn. That, that one got me. That one got I me when like, I finished damn. it. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, especially yeah. 
I mean, we we talked about it last episode. We we acknowledged the stuff that's going on in real life, but that's what made this one hit so much harder. Yeah. And it's like unfortunate that regardless of if this had gone out, you know, as scheduled or not, it still would have made sense. You know, yeah. that's the harsh reality. So I really yeah. love that last line. Yeah, that was a pretty solid line. And I think that's why I like that story the most out of all of them. The Deathstroke story was kind of nothing, to be honest. It was just how they got the job. Yeah. And Joker showed up to his place with Punchline. He's like, hey, I got a job for you. He's like, I don't work with you. I'm not going to do that. He's like, trust me, you're going to want to work with me here. And uh, basically, it's it's literally just the fight from that first Tinian issue with Deathstroke. Yeah. So nothing really happened in the last one. But I loved I loved getting the origin of these characters, you know. Um, I thought that was cool. I always love little stuff like that. This was basically, we got a lot of dosages of Tinian this week. Yeah. You know. Um, and speaking of that, we're going to go ahead and talk about Batman. So uh, tell me your thoughts on this because I know you had, I know you don't like the Riddler. Yeah, that was, my, that was my biggest complaint. Now, the thing is, uh, the artist March, I, I love his work. You know, I, I've really started to really become accustomed to him drawing Batman. Um, I didn't know that him and Tinian had a prior history with New Fifty Two, but you know, here I I really do enjoy his Batman design. Like you said, you know, sometimes it can get a little too gritty and shaded, yeah. and it makes Batman look a little weird. Uh, but the way March draws Riddler, mm-hmm. it's just not Riddler to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, okay, the whole Batman Forever uh, Riddler outfit, because that's exactly what this is. This is yeah. an homage to that. And that didn't bother me. But just looking at him now and still remembering where the last time we saw Riddler was in that year of the villain. And... I, maybe I'm still caught up on that, wanting the Riddler to be something more, because one of the biggest problems I had, and we discussed this very shortly uh, mm-hmm. at work, was the fact that Riddler's riddles were so weak. Yeah, they were. They were super weak. And I just like, you know, we kind of talked about how is it possible to make Riddler a competent strong Riddler, you know, Mm -hmm. and the sense of like, Hey, I'm going to give you a riddle. That's so complicated. that it's going to actually be a challenge for Batman. And I want that. Like, I really do want that because I mean, we're going to get Riddler in the Batman film Mm -hmm. and I don't want a silly, like, Oh, you know, what I can't even think of like one of the most, you know, iconic riddles or simple riddles. Cause I mean, there's way too many, Yeah. but I'm just saying I want something that I could, that I can read and think, Holy crap. Riddler is not joking around. I yeah. can't remember the last time I actually, I, I think hush, if not a uh, zero year mm-hmm. was possibly the last time that I saw Riddler be, genuinely threatening you know yeah snyder snyder did a really good job with riddler and then of course yeah hush was amazing uh yeah he's not 
I I texted you this. I was like, dude, Riddler gets owned in this book. Yeah. And it's sad that this was his master plan, and it got foiled so bad. Like, Batman had more problems with penguins because it had dealt with, like, five assassins. Granted, he did that pretty easy, too, and I'm still not over what's-her-name getting hit by a fucking semi-truck and being <laughs> totally okay. Um, but that happened, and we know Selena's is the one that's pretty much the most damaging, honestly. Yeah. And she's still, we see that in this book. She's trying to figure it out. Um, and and then, of course, we don't know what ha- the Joker has in store. But, yeah, Batman makes Riddler look like a chump in this because he's all like, oh, while Riddler wants him to stay up above ground and he's all like, oh, yeah, you got to answer all these questions. And he's all like, uh, whatever. He's like, has Deathstroke he, with him? The way, the way the riddle, like, to make it more challenging, quote-unquote, for Batman is that it's basically a, uh, a... It's on the power grid of Gotham. It's a power grid of a... It's, it's a power grid, but it's a power grid of, like, a crossword puzzle. Yeah. So you have to remember that you know okay well i've used these letters i have to remember that these letters can also be used in this word and things like that because even batman says oh what letters are you know visible yeah and then he gives them the letters and so, and and then he gives them the answer and it's mm-hmm. over like that and you're yeah. just like what what is the reason you know yeah. like why and I think Joker, I mean, not Joker, but Riddler was kind of a throwaway character in this story. Yeah, I think, and this is unfortunate, and this is probably, we do, again, we'll probably, mer- mer- we may never know what happened, but Tinian was said, hey, you're getting 15 issues, so you got to do whatever your story you're going to do in 15 issues. I don't know, we still don't know if he is going to be the writer after 100 or if they're going to start fresh or what they're going to do. I feel like if, you know, the rumors are true that Snyder kind of threatened to leave if they were going to go in this other direction or if, you know, Dan Didio was there, whatever the the rumor is that's going on there. If Snyder has more of a say-so going forward in DC, we know that Tinian is his disciple, so it, he is his Robin, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's very possible that he's like, no, no, we're going to give you more issues, so... You know, feel free to come up with another story after that. But this was already drawn and shit. Like, we were supposed to get this that week of Corona, like, started. Yeah. So, you know, this thing has been done, written off for a while. And, yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. Riddler just looks like a chump in this. Batman makes him look so weak. And, you know, he knows where he's at immediately. That's a big cliffhanger at the end of this. We'll talk about the Harley Quinn and and Catwoman story here in a little bit. But... Batman gets on a bat train, which they made a joke. Harley actually makes a joke about this to Catwoman. But it turns out that Batman actually does have a bat uh, bat train. And Deathstroke's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> are you serious? And so Batman has this crazy bat train. And uh, he gets to where they need to go. And the reason why he's able to find Riddler and Deathstroke's like, you know where he is, don't you? And Batman's not saying anything. He's like, come on, you know where he is. Like, what? That's, we, that's where we have to be going. And he's not saying anything. He's just answering the Riddler's questions. He's like, and he's like making fun of Riddler too. He's like, hey, Riddler, don't cuss. There's kids here. And yeah. so like Batman is just making him look like a fool. And um, yeah, I, I kind of had some issues with that. I don't mind Batman doing that to people. 
but I love when he's just more like cold and calculated because he he doesn't underestimate people. Yeah. And again, I guess he's not underestimating him here because he knows what he's doing and he knows where he's at. So I guess he's like, oh, I'm gonna go kick your ass. Yeah. So we find out that Riddler's actually in Wayne Tower, and so he gets there. Uh, he beats the shit out of him. And uh, he ends up putting a, a tranquilizer dart in Deathstroke. He's like, there's enough tranquilizer in here to take down an elephant. Let's see how long it takes on you. Because we know that Deathstroke has the Mirakuru powers. And, uh, you know, his system regenerates and stuff like that. So Batman needed to knock him out so he can actually talk to the other person in the room, which is the designer. And the designer says, well, if you knew this, he says, hello, Bruce. He's like, please come in. We should talk a little before I kill you. I will say, in that last page, the designer looks like he's about to drop the hottest album yeah. ever. <laughs> with with an Alfred and Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne photo right on the table right next to them. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's... I don't know, man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the designer's Kanye West at this point. The designer this, yeah. is Alfred. Oh, uh, if they do that, fuck Tinian. He can go fuck himself. Dude, what? No. Oh, my God. That would be terrible. I was just trying to train you and make you better, Master Bruce. Nah, fuck out of here, dude. That would be terrible. <laughs> I swear to God, if they were to do that, I'd be like, no, I'm done. Um, I'm not, but I am. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so we're going to go back to the Harley and Catwoman story here. Because what happens is... Uh, they're actually going through the doo-doo water, which is in the sewer. Uh, and that's when kind of Harley makes her little joke. She's like, oh, are we really going through this? She's like, I thought y'all had like fancy tunnels and y'all didn't have to go through this like all the villains did and stuff like that. And, you know, Catwoman's like, nah, we got to do the same shit. And Catwoman's actually going to like this secret bank place or this secret place where they can pull out money. And she has to meet this guy um, that reminds me of uh, Homeboy from Watchmen, the show. Um, oh yeah yeah okay reminds me of that guy and uh, so it's this guy that just has like a you know a silver mask over his face and he's like in a suit and uh you know these zombie cops come out of nowhere harley and catwoman have to kick them their asses and she's like let me in like i'm gonna make a huge withdrawal and uh they go into this fancy underground like bank area guy you see this new guy with a suit and this there's a girl, a shadow in the background. She's like, who are these people? You said we wouldn't have any guests. We see that there are two clowns with machine guns there. And we start slowly seeing Punchline come into the thing with a full-page spread. I sent this to Clay. I was like, she is about to pop out of her shirt in this freaking drawing. Because she is drawn very sexily, but her boobs are look like they're about to explode. And it, her shirt is literally ripping around one of her boobs. Yeah. Um, but the drawing looks dope. And I like the way that there's two villainous clowns behind her. I think that looks kind of cool. Juice is probably going to search for this uh, for this page online. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to buy it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's drawn really awesome. I've said this. I love this artist. Uh, and I told this to Clay, too. I feel like this artist puts way more attention to detail in their women than they do their men. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I love the way he draws them. I've always been a fan of that. Um, I also feel like that these kind of body types, I think it's a little better than Campbell. But I feel like a lot of people could be like, oh, this is very Campbell-y with these uh, drawings. In and I, I have to say, Tomo Murray, mm -hmm. he has just an amazing, like, eye for color. Yeah. It doesn't matter who he's working with. He can make almost anything look amazing. Yeah. 
like I would love to see like a documentary on him because how how many pages is he coloring a day? He's on everything. He really on is everything. Yeah, and yeah, he blow he blows my mind. His colors are amazing. Um, again, so we get this. I thought the I don't know how, how did you feel about the act, interaction between Harley and Punchline? I loved it. I I enjoyed it. I feel like you know Harley is coming from a place where oh he's got another chick with him. It's just some yeah. it's 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 just some girl who's crying on his shoulder every single night and blah 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 blah. That's the mentality that she has. And he's like, oh, he he just found another me. That's fine. You know, you'll, what does she say? You'll be, uh, she says something like actually really, really funny. Uh, like about, the, when they're talking about the future, when she's like in a couple years, that part? Yeah. yeah in in says, a few years from now, yeah. after you have a couple dozen come to God moments and do some good long cries in the shower, I'm going to buy you a frozen margarita. And it's just like, like now that we have seen the Harley Quinn TV show, Mm. I can totally see Harley Quinn saying something like this. Yeah. And so I really do like this interaction. But of course, Harley has no idea how fucking psychotic Punchline really is. So I would like to see. Now, I really don't like how a lot of the comic book uh, report sites are claiming that punchline like beat the crap out of Harley in this issue because the fight hasn't even started yet. Like yeah, not at all. And there are several like comicbook.com and comicbook resources, their titles are punchline beat the crap out of Harley. Yeah. And it's it's just not true. Like nothing has happened yet. It doesn't yet. happen at all. Yeah. Like they don't even touch each other in this in the final panel. Uh, at the you see them in the very background when Selena's chasing somebody down, but, but even it still then, looks like they're yeah. blocking each other. Yeah, even yeah. then, there there's no like blows being taken or anything. So yeah. I want to. That's what I want to see. I want to yeah. see like who's the last one standing. For sure, because I feel like it's gonna be punchline. I think it has to be punchline because this is going to a WWE mentality. All right, here. So wrestling <laughs> fans know this, you marks. Um, but when you're building a new character, that wrestler should be winning matches, mm-hmm. especially if they're going to a title match. You don't want somebody that is a loser, you know, that you're trying to make a superstar lose, 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 and then be like, oh, we're going to give you a title shot and you're going to win. And that's how you're going to be a superstar. You don't do that. It's the problem which we're kind of saying, and we've said this on the podcast before, that might happen to the designer. Yeah. Because if you're going to shove this story in the designer and then be like, oh, and then it's Batman versus Joker in Joker War. It's like, well, what the fuck about the designer? You just crushed this whole character Yeah. when you could have really built him up to be an iconic, like, Hush character. Because I don't think there's been another Batman character, honestly, since Hush, that's made an impact like that. Uh, like, who? Court of Owls. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you Court of Owls. But... Nobody else after that. And then again, at the same time, though, Court of Owls is an organization, not necessarily one character. Uh, I think, you know, it's like League of Assassins. True, true, true. Because nobody gives a fuck about Lincoln March. You know what I mean? Like, nobody cares about that character. They care about the Court of Owls. That is true. So, 
you know, we can have an argument on that. But Hush was a single character that showed his dominance in that story run. And again, it's the one story I'd recommend to everybody. Like, if, oh, you're going to start Batman? Read Hush. Boom. I tell everybody to do that. And they even say, a lot of people will say that Hush is probably the best Batman story out there. So, you know, that shows how powerful that character was. And I think the designer, I love the concept that before Batman, like, you know, Batman was stepping on everybody's toes, somebody was going to come out of the woodwork to show all of these villains how to beat him. I thought that was kind of a cool storyline. But if the Joker's just going to come out and have this massive plan and the designer's going to get killed by him again or something, that's going to just be kind of like, what was the point? Is He's going to be like Riddler. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. So I think Punchline does have to win this first fight. But I did love Harley's interaction with her because she was like, are you funny? You got to be funny. <laughs> and uh, like, and she was all like, oh, you'll, you know what's going to be funny is you'll, it'll be funny when I skin you. She's like, ah, that's not funny. She was, all like, she was like, you got to have a voice and an attitude. You, you like, got to work on that. your material there. Like, yeah. oh, it just, man. It was really cool. And then, of course, Selena catches those guys, and she's all like, I need money, or I'm going to need you to do this for me, blah, blah. And that's where that ends. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how the story ends. We see that the designer says he's going to kill Bruce. He knows who Bruce is. And, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see where this story goes. But I, like I said, I told you, and I just I mentioned it at the start of this podcast, I feel like Tinian, there's so much going on right now, and we're pushing to 100, and he's taking over so many books with this Joker storyline. We saw it in a Detective already. We saw it in Nightwing. I'm sure we're going to see it in Catwoman and maybe Red Hood. Not Catwoman. Oh, maybe Catwoman. Um, we'll probably see it in Red Hood and freaking all the other books too. But um, I don't know if he's going to stick this landing. Because they're promoting this as Batman and Joker's final battle. And it's like, bro, you can't put that on there. <laughs> well, he can if everything gets rebooted. I guess so. Um, I hope not. That would be horrible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to see another reboot. I don't think they need to. <clears throat> they just need some, like, I don't know. They DC knows that they're, they're going in a different direction. We talked about that. Yeah. And so hopefully there's not going to be a crazy reboot. Um, but you know, I think you said that there's still rumors that something big still going to happen in a hundred. Yeah. You know, there, there's still an assumption that they're leaving issue 100, you know, for like a big, oh shit moment. And most likely because I think the way they are planning the release of death metal like, the ending of Death Metal is very close to issue 100. So mm-hmm. I think it'll all coincide and, and work that way. Uh, yeah. As long as, you know, it's not Batman fighting himself or Batman killing, it'd be so stupid. I Oh, my God. I really hope Snyder's not like, hey, man tie it in with my freaking or we're gonna you know what we're gonna do is everybody's gonna attack the justice league at the very end of this story batman's gonna be at the door and everybody's gonna think he dies but he really didn't die and you know what he turns to become a villain and he takes out everybody after that Ugh. still can't stand that um but you know it's it's whatever you can tell i'm still a little salty about that freaking story um but yeah so that's comics for this week ladies and gentlemen we are gonna jump into our entertainment news now 
And we have some really... What do you want to start off with for us? So should we talk about the Joker stuff and just get it out of the way? Let's let's talk about the Joker stuff just because it's kind of... It's, it's news, but not news, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take the head on this one. So this whole debate started on Twitter, and I think it's what got interviewers to talk to Matt about, really. Um, I am unfortunately on Twitter a lot more than juices. Mm. Uh, and there is this debate on when somebody takes the helm of Batman, is Joker required? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say he is a lot of, a lot of people say he isn't, you know, for me personally, I think if you have good enough stories, you don't necessarily need Joker to be this big thing. Can he be a yeah. cameo? Sure. Can he be a shadow of a presence? Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? But here, you know, we're, we're looking at these articles on Batman News. It's Matt Reeves reportedly planning on adding Joker for the Batman sequel. Yeah. And honestly, when you read it and you think about it, this is the layout to Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Mm-hmm. Having Joker exactly. having Joker come in in the sequel to kind of be that Empire Strikes Back-esque story yeah. is kind of a trope I'm kind of over, you know? I agree with you. I, I think, you. if anything, you know, we saw... Scarecrow be the first villain of Nolan's trilogy. If you can turn Scarecrow into the scary, menacing Scarecrow of like Mm -hmm. Arkham Knight, yeah, I could see that being a sequel villain, Mm -hmm. or you know, even throwing something out there that nobody has done before to be unique. That's what I want Matt Reeves to be. Yeah, I want Matt Reeves. To you know, throw in a clayface. Mm-hmm. Love to clayface. play mind games with Batman. I would like Matt Reeves to use even somebody as silly as Calendar Man. We saw this new reiteration of Calendar Man. Was it with Snyder's run or was it with Tom King? I can't remember. Calendar Man recently? Yeah, the whole story of like him. Like, like being like he was almost like a meta human. Like, oh, I, I don't even remember that. Do you remember Honestly, that? Honestly, the last time, the last time I remember Calendar Man is freaking Long Halloween. Honestly, holy crap! There, yeah. there, there is a recent story where it kind of shows Calendar Man as a like actual meta human esque cal uh-huh. like villain. You know, having something like that. Or, you know, or we just talked about them briefly, briefly, Mm -hmm. Court of Owls. Yeah. I think everybody wants that. Bringing in the Court of Owls would be so mind-blowing to see the Talon suit Mm -hmm. or even hearing the history lesson of, you know, young Bruce talking about how he wanted to investigate, you know, the the murder of his of his parents because he thought it was the Court of Owls. Yeah. You know? Like, that's what I want. 
Joker, like, I just feel like Joker is something that I would love to end on a Joker, to be honest, and have that ending where you're not really sure if that's the ending of a trilogy or if it Mm -hmm. could go further than that, you know? And then it's just up to the audience to be like, well, shit, what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. That's what I would want. I don't want Joker to just be thrown in there just because, oh, you know... It's the requirement for a Batman trilogy. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of boring to me. Yeah. So the way I would say it is if you are only guaranteed three films, you save the Joker for the third one. Because everybody knows the sequel is like, that's the one everybody's most anticipated for. It's always the second movie. The third movie's like, eh, the second one wasn't as good as the first one, so I don't really care about the third one. It still blows my mind when people think that Rises is better than Night in that Nolan trilogy. I'm like, how? Where? I, how? I, what? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Blows my mind that, you know what? But to each their own, I just, that kind of blows my mind. But then at the same time, if you could actually have that argument, which I don't think you can, um, I just think like, it just makes that trilogy even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, whatever. But the one thing I will say is, yeah, you should end with your best freaking, you know, hand is what they would say. And Joker would be that character. Here's if if I was lucky enough to actually do my own trilogy, I would if I were to do one and two right and say one and two are very successful, I would go to WB and be like, yo, I was like, obviously, I'm down to do a third. I was all give me a fourth. Would you be down to give me a fourth movie? And I wouldn't even put Joker in the third one. And at the end of the third one, when people are like, oh, this trilogy is over. That's when you drop the fucking Joker. And you're just like, oh, what? And then it's just like fucking sets up the fourth film. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you know, that would be cool. Because then you make people wait the, what is that? Like three movies is probably like eight years, maybe eight to ten years, something like that. Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of schedule we're going on. Because yeah. recently, there a lot of these studios have been wanting to push these movies every two years, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, you know... Six years. Six to eight years for that fourth movie. Yeah. Which is... I don't think that's bad. And and I, that's coming from a Batman fan, though. I love Joker, but I'm really getting tired of seeing all of these different Jokers already. Like, I'm fucking over it. And I don't... Because the thing that's said in that article, in that rumor article, again, take this with a grain of salt. We don't know. There's nothing confirmed... There are people that have come out and have said, like, duh, that's just fucking obvious. So, like, you know, that's it's whatever. I am taking it with a grain of salt, but I think it's just, it is pretty obvious that he would use the Joker. My thing is, though, I just feel like, as a Batman fan, there are so many good characters. You want to know who I would put in my Batman? As probably, if I was doing my first ever Batman movie, Dollface. I would do fucking Dollface in a horror film kind of thing it, it's doll, doll maker doll maker yeah, my yeah, yeah that's yeah. his name because i've said this if you guys want to check out when doll maker is really badass go read freaking tony daniels run of detective i am currently reading that right now for my podcast he yeah he draws it so well and he has like this sexy doll character in there where she just looks crazy but you're just like whoa like, she looks scary and sexy at the same time, so that'll bring in a little bit of audience. <laughs> there is this, like, big brooding kind of, like, doll that's in there that'll, like, beat Batman's ass. And then he's just, like, a surgeon. And he's just got this crazy mask. Like, it's like Leatherface meets Batman. 
Like, yeah. it, it would be something along those lines. And then you can have, it can surround, like, kidnappings and shit like that. He would be a great character that people would be like, who the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. And then that might be like, because this is what happens with comic book movies is, you know, people get curious. Majority of the audience, maybe not all of them, maybe a minority of them, they want to learn more. So then that's when you can drop the, oh, this is Tony Daniels' book. And you can read that kind of shit. So I think I would do something like that. I definitely, if the Court of Owls hadn't been done by then, Court of Owls, obviously, just so I can get that one scene where they're in the basement and he's like, get the fuck out of my house. And he has that mix. If if I were to do a Court of Owls movie, I would have to do the complete acid trip of Batman in the maze. In the maze? Yes. I, I would have to. Yeah, that would be great. But is that how you would end the movie though? I would end it with the Wayne Tower, the Wayne Manor part. Oh yeah, no you no. Know? But yeah. that I would have to have the maze part in there. For sure. So cuz sure. I I barely remember this because it's been a while since I've read that run. Mm-hmm. But if you read it physically, you yeah. literally had to move the book and turn it around and turn it upside down in all sorts of ways to read yeah. those pages. And it was yeah, awesome. it was meant to be kind of like a mind fuck. And so I would love to see Batman completely dismantled and destroyed and yeah. then get to that point where he's in the mansion breaking down that door and getting, you know, saying get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, it would be so great. Because I've always wanted to see more of the bad gadgets and the suits and stuff like that. Like, if you're doing Justice League, give us a Hellbat suit. Like, that'd be pretty fucking dope, yeah. you know? Shit like that. So, um, because that's that's the one thing with DC. Like, there's so many good things that haven't even been scratched at all. It's and the truth. Like, Joker, 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 Joker. And it's like, fuck off. See, and that's, that's the whole mentality. And I know we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but... You know, that's the whole thing with this this whole Superman ordeal. Oh, mm. Superman, Superman, Superman. Superman is my favorite DC character. My yeah. favorite DC character. But you know what I haven't seen on screen? A Blue Beetle. A yeah. Green Arrow. A freaking uh, Vixen. Mm. Martian Manhunter. Like, all these things that are in the DC universe. I have. I, I, I have Man of Steel. I have... Christopher Reeves, Superman, all mm-hmm. all four films, Superman Returns, like I have all of this content for Superman. Yeah, I want to see some other people. For sure, it blows my mind they haven't done a Green Arrow. Like that should be such a noir story. Like just that would be such a good show. Yeah. Um, I mean, not show. The show was bad I mean, at times. Um, <laughs> but like the movie. Yeah. No, movie. I I gen- like because. If people don't know, uh, there was an episode in the last season, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like the Prison Break episode. Yeah, That episode is based off the script that was basically thrown away at Hollywood for the movie. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there was, was going to be an original script, which sounds a lot like what Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck wrote for Batman. Basically, mm-hmm. the entire premise was... That uh, Green Arrow, uh, Oliver Queen, was yeah. uh, stuck at Strikers, mm-hmm. and he was going to have to fight off like all of these supervillains. 
Yeah. And then at the very end, escape. And that was going to be a whole movie. That would have been badass, but we never got it. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many heroes out there and villains that we can, you know, look into for movies. And so many people want the exact same thing regurgitated over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't mind Harley right now. Put Harley in anything you want because I think she's a great character. Um, but it's also because she's being played by the same person. Yeah. But the thing with Joker is if you're going to cast another fucking Joker in the time span that we're still in the same DCEU, like, I'm sorry, but if I'm WB and I know I love Matt Reeves, I'm forcing Jared Leto on him. I'm like, you're getting Jared. Oh yeah. I I would do the exact same. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of people that are done with Joker, which I honestly, don't know how you could be done with joker as far as jared leto because we never saw him you know yeah we saw like two glimpses of him and you're like that's not my joker hashtag not Mm -hmm. my joker and it's and even david Ayer has said there is so much that was cut out and i think that a lot of people just cut him off at the knees because of a few tattoos and i well, go ahead. Yo, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I was gonna say he's weird. Like, I mean, he is a different Joker, but we—I don't think we saw the Joker we were supposed to see. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it sucks. So that's why I think that's one of the reasons why I'm hoping WB is secretly doing the air cut behind, you know, the scenes because there are rumors out there that multiple studios are working on the Snyder cut and the air cut. There's no confirmations of that. We're just hoping. Yeah. That is true, but um. Because if it is the same, like, oh, yeah, we think the Snyder Cut is going to blow up Henry Cavill again, hopefully it could do that for Leto. And then would be like, hey, we know you're doing that Batman movie. You're going to use Leto. Because I would hate for – but I think if they – if at this point, if they recast Leto, Batman's not in the DCEU anymore. I don't know if they could recast so many people. Like, I can understand Ben. I can understand that. But Leto's still young. He still looks young. Yeah, you know, at that point, when it gets to, when, you know, because we've had the, the discussions and the debates, really, on what people can understand as far as a multiverse and recast things and things like that. If you do too much on one franchise, because, yeah, this is this is a universe, but you yeah. got to look at each individual as franchises, because that's mm-hmm. what got so many people to subscribe to HBO Max. They yeah. they did their marketing off of characters. And mm-hmm. if you change too much of those in like a short period of time, people are going to start questioning it. People are going to start being like, hey, what the hell is going on here? And I, I genuinely think that WB needs to make that phone call to Jared and just be like, hey, I know we fucked up. I know mm-hmm. we didn't give you your solo Joker film, but... We want you to be Joker. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what needs to happen. Um, because he's a fantastic Joker. I think they need to sit. They do need to sit down with him and be like, look, you're not going to be as crazy. We don't want you saying fucking anal beads to anybody and making other cast members, you know, fucking weirded out and sending dead rats and shit. Like, <laughs> be method on your own time. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, think I that forgot that he did change. that. Yeah, he he was fucking weird. <laughs> he says it wasn't that crazy, but some of the other ones are like Viola Davis was like, "Fuck that guy!" Like that's just just yeah, she came <laughs> off. But you know, it's kind of whatever. Everybody said he was kind of crazy, um, but at the same time, you also had what's his name running around naked and chasing David Ayer. 
So it's like, you know, that just seemed like that that set was wild. Yeah. Um but anyways, like yeah, I would hopefully that would come back out and that would do things. Cuz there's no way we I mean, we're currently literally seeing this if you're following the whole Harry Potter drama. WB doesn't care about your past. Like there's a lot of rumors really? that Jerry Little's like kind of a dickhead. Um obviously they don't care. Mm-hmm. Unless apparently you're Ruby Rose. And we're going to jump into that right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That was because, a nice segue. Yeah, because holy crap. Holy the shit. The Batwoman stuff is getting insane. It, it's I, I can't believe it. I Okay, so a lot of people here, of course, know my feelings on pushing a narrative for movies. Of course, because I was so into the Snyder Cut, I'm still a very big advocate for the Zack Snyder's Justice League, even though it's coming out. Like I still like I still feel like sometimes that's a dream. But mm-hmm. with this, I told Juice today, this very much feels like a Justice League scenario. And they're using Ruby Rose as a catalyst for the yeah. entire situation. And I I I don't know. I don't know because you you pointed me to an article that I had not seen before. I have it up here. Um, where one of the showrunners, uh, Carolyn Dries. Now, Carolyn Dries made a statement today, early today, and we'll get to that next. But she was in an interview, and she said, and quote, uh, but upon further reflection, and I think Greg Berlanti, Help me make this call. He's like, I think we should just reboot Batwoman as a different character. Yeah. And then she says they wanted to respect uh, respect to everything that Ruby Rose put into the character. It also helps the audience because we're not asking them to address the elephant in the room by accepting new faces as the same person we do that every single time we watch the flash yeah every time it's gonna happen again dibney's gonna be gone dibney got fired uh, since our last podcast dibney got fired uh kavanaugh plays how many characters each year yeah like uh you didn't give me my fucking bay gypsies goodbye you just said she was dead fuck you guys for that yeah like jesus we yeah. do it all the time. And you know what? If you're we have Barry playing fucking Savitar and all this other bullshit cuz of budget cuts cuz you can't hire somebody else. I totally get that. But you can tell me you can't just put another face in there for Ruby Rose. And I think it's this kind of look, I don't I don't want to think ill of anybody. But we know, we've talked about it on this podcast. There is a very very touchy subject going on in today's society. I think they saw an opportunity and they're running with it. They're like, you know what? We can make Batwoman a person of color right now. Like, we're in this crazy situation. Because the rumor is the chick from Riverdale. I don't watch Riverdale. It's the black actress on Riverdale is rumored up for this role. Yeah, let me actually uh, let me look for her real quick as far as yeah. like her name. 
So that is a that's a rumor. There's no confirmations of that. That is just what I've seen floating around. Yes. So if that's the case, that is a WB actress. That means they probably worked with her plenty of times. They like her. They're like, why don't we just throw her over here? Um, so that would be very interesting to see what would happen if I don't know if she's still on Riverdale. I don't know. I don't watch that show. Um, but I think they just wanted to just like let's create a brand new character. Nobody can give us comic book accurate bullshit. Because this is a brand new character. Now, I don't mind that. I love when comic books give us new characters, so why not the shows? You know what I mean? But this is literally the first season. It we, We're losing Kate Kane, and you're going to want to feed me another Batwoman? Like, Clay mentioned this to me today. He was like, yeah, we were talking about catching up on the CW shows. He's like, yeah, I can catch up everything on, but except for Batwoman, there's no point anymore. And I was like, that's kind of true. So here's here's the thing with with and I'm pretty sure I said this in the last podcast that we talked about this is Ruby Rose, the actress, plays Kate Kane, the character, and creates all of these relationships in season one. Mm-hmm. The relationship with her sister, the relationship with her dad, the relationship with her stepsister, the relationship with Luke Fox. All of these relationships that literally make the show. Literally. And what are you going to do at the very beginning of season two? Throw it all away. So season two is legitimately going to be turned into a season one with the season two coding. Now, Mm -hmm. for me, if I know this to be true, why do I want to watch something that I'm not going to get the payoff for in season two? There is no point. Now, I know, well, I don't know because I'm not a professional at this, but HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, they all make money off of the generation of plays that goes along with all these shows. Like, they have to in some way, shape, or form. They generate, you know, they, they can get that data and say, okay, this show is being watched this many times throughout this you know many weeks whatever i can't see them looking at batwoman within the next three months and it not going lower as far as average watches yeah for that show by the way the the actress that is rumored to replace mm-hmm. kate kane is vanessa morgan Okay. She is the one who may play the new lead, Ryan Wilder. Now, yeah. she also plays a lesbian on Riverdale. Is she an actual lesbian? I would assume so. Okay. Now, because that was, that was the big thing today. So, mm-hmm. Carolyn Dries, I'm actually on her Twitter account right now, put out a statement. And she yeah. said, as a lesbian who's been working as a writer for the past 15 years, I'm well aware of the bury your gays trope, and I have no intention in participating in it. That is why it's important to me as a showrunner to clarify any misinformation out there about Kate Kane and recasting Batwoman. Like you, I love Kate Kane. She's the reason I wanted to do the show. We'll never erase her. In fact, her disappearance will be one of the mistakes one of the mysteries of season two. I don't want to give away any of our surprises or spoilers, but to all our devoted fans, please know that the LGBTQ plus justice 
is at the very core of the Batwoman of what Batwoman is, and we have no intention of abandoning it. Yep. Now, I took screenshots mm-hmm. of a lot of the responses to this that I just <laughs> want to read really quick. Yeah, go for it. One says, thank you for clarifying, but technically you are erasing her. Batwoman isn't just a suit or a cow. Kate Kane is the only Batwoman uh, believing that a Jewish lesbian characters are interchangeable is just wrong. Mm-hmm. Another person states, I'm glad you made a statement and clarified that you are not killing Kate. At least that's how you were, that's how I interpret it. But the point still stands. The Batwoman that Batwoman is Kate Kane's story, not anyone else's. If Kate's missing, uh a recast uh wait if Kate is missing, please yeah, re yeah, please recre please recast and let her come back when the mystery is solved. Making Kate Kane disappear and replacing her, however temporary it may be, with another character is still erasing. Doesn't matter how you spin it. And here's a bigger one, like a longer one. Uh, they said, uh, just recast her then. This is so needless. Kate's personal life, family, and connections are the show. Her sibling relationship with Alice, father being in charge of the crows, her romances. This is just killing a show I supported so much and it's easily avoidable. It's so frustrating that so many people don't get that so many of us waited ages to see Kate come to life and never thought we'd see a Jewish LGBTQ lead on a major network show. Y'all are erasing it and just throwing some rando in the suit and it's just ridiculous. The saddest part, if a mill left Arrow after season one, they would have never replaced Oliver. They would have recasted. Same most likely for Grant Gustin, uh, as the flash and you're just going to tell us an LGBT family of female lead is interchangeable by doing this and reinforcing a horrible standard. So people are not happy about this. I have talked to numerous people that do specific shows on these DCCW shows and there is not a good thing. Anyone has said about this like at all. Yeah. And it's going to be a really weird hill to die on for CW. Like, I'm... Yeah, it's so unnecessary. I don't know what they're going to decide to do, to be honest. Yeah, again, I think, you know, it's... Look, if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at her profile picture here. Caroline Dreyers. Yeah. Looks like a white woman. Mm -hmm. Berlanti is a white dude, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in that space are probably white. And I feel like, and I'm not throwing this out there. I could be 100% wrong. I'm not throwing this out there. But it's very coincidentally, if they are going with the rumored character that they're saying from Riverdale, it just seems like an opportunity to get some woke points. It feels like. Like, oh yeah, we're going to give Batwoman this major lead character we're going to make her a person of color. Because at the same time, if they do that, how many people are going to voice out against it? Yeah. It's like, I mean, not a lot of people, but I think some people will still say, like, you're just doing this for fucking, you know, optics. 
but and some people will be happy with it but it's still it makes no sense man like what are you gonna do <laughs> how is she gonna find the suit is what's his name gonna be driving in a van and be like you or is he gonna be oh, you know what you know what this is what's gonna happen what's his name is probably gonna be at a bar because is luke luke's not gay right is he gay i don't know no i'm thinking of terrific i think of ter- terrific's gay yeah uh mr terrific right I don't think Luke is, but then no way, no, 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 Mr. Terrific isn't gay. I thought he is. No. The in yes, he is in in this well in the CW verse, yes, but in yeah. in the comics, no. Sorry, I was just thinking comics. No, yes, in this in the CW shows, Mr. Terrific is gay. Yes, he's not gay in the comics. I could have swore he's gay in the comics. I thought he had a wife. Last time I the last time I saw Mr. Terrific in comics, other than Strange Adventures, when New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and he had a white wife. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow! I wonder if they changed that. I wonder because didn't uh, the recent one? I'd have to check. I haven't read the recent one. The Terrifics is that what it's called? Yeah. The series. I wonder how it is in there. I don't know. I thought he. I always thought he was gay, actually, personally. So maybe I'm wrong there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's some bullshit like this. Luke is going to be at a bar, right? He's going to be having a drink because Kate's missing. He feels bad. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know where Kate's at. And you know what? This Ryan chick's going to come in. She's going to get in a bar fight. And she's going to kick, like, three or four people's asses. And he's going to be like, whoa. And then, you know what? He's like, hey, hey, hey. And she's like, get off me. I, I'm not into dudes or something like that. He's like, no, I don't, I don't give a fuck. And then he's going to be like, I could help you. Like, you could help the city or some shit like that. And he's going to take her to the fucking bath suit. I hope gonna not. That's going to be so stupid. She's going to be like, whoa, what? And then, you know what? She's going to be like, oh, my God, this person's hurt. How do I save them? And he's like, should I call an ambulance? He's like, no, you can't call an ambulance. I know a person. And that's going to tie her to the freaking sister. And then the sister is going to be like, oh, wow, this is another Batgirl, Batwoman? Like, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. What happened to the other one? Blah, blah, blah. And that's going to be their weird relationship. It's like, oh, the other one didn't really like me because blah, 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 or whatever. And that's how they're going to meet. And then, of course, she's going to have run in with the crows. So then that's how the dad's going to be there. But I told and- you, I told you that this Vanessa, what was her last name? Morgan is know. what I said. Yeah. She is literally, think, think of... Lorraine at work. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, she's that small. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little taller. Damn. Yeah, she yeah, is tiny. She... They should make just they literally keep it in the show. Make it the girl she's in love with. If you're trying to do a woman of color, she's already in the crows. She knows that system, and she has all the same relationships. Yep. Like, why even bring in a new character? Yep. Oh my god, this is so stupid. Yeah. It is. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, this is just stupid. They're like you mentioned it earlier. They're jumping through their own hoops. They create. Yeah, they, they're creating hoops and then jumping in their own hoops to find this answer that is literally staring them in the face. Yeah. You have you, you have either Wallace Day to recast, mm-hmm. or using a character that's already in the show. Yeah, that's it. But see, the way I read it when I first initially read the statement this morning, I was like, oh, so you're already thinking of recasting Kate. And you just don't have it yet. So you're going to use a placeholder for that character. Yeah. Now, the only problem is, and I actually was explaining this to a friend of mine. And I'll actually read it here uh, whenever... 
gosh, where was it? Uh, basically, he stated, well, if you do that, mm-hmm. you're abandoning, of course, the people from season one. And you're relying on this new audience to really hype you up for, you know, what's to come in season two. And then if there is a season three and Kate Kane comes back, you're throwing the new character on the wayside. So now all your fans that you just got for season two are now thrown to the wayside as well because they're attached to this new character. So literally they are causing so much unneeded shit for this Mm -hmm. stupid show that literally just started last year. Yeah. For no reason. So, so bad. This comment, really, I just got on here a little while ago. It says, uh, how difficult is it to recast, though? Getting rid of Kate for a random new character throws everything you built in season one. Your audience isn't dumb. We can handle a recast. A reboot is what you're doing, and honestly, it's more ridiculous at this point. Kate Kane is Batwoman. What is the source? Uh, what is in the source material, and that's what we, did, we tuned into the show for? Putting some rando in a bad suit doesn't make her Batwoman. So, like... Yeah, everybody just seems here. Why are you going through such gymnastics to introduce a new character when the audience is beyond prime to accept a new actress? Kate Kane is a Jewish legend hero. Yeah, like, it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. That's stupid. So dumb. It's so crazy that they're they're willing to do this. And yeah. like I said, it's a really weird hill to die on. And I, I actually told this to a friend. I was like, what did Ruby Rose do? To leave such a sour taste in their mouth that whenever they think of Kate Kane, they just want to throw her away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's so bad. Um, I don't know. Ruby Rose said she, you know, she's staying silent for now. Yeah. Um, but I also think that's because she is the probably the problem. And uh, that's why she's Dude, silent. how fucked up would it be? How fucked up would it be if Ruby Rose agrees to stay on because she's going to be a guest star as Kate Kane because she didn't oh, like God. the hours. That would be worse. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. There's so many people that leave those shows and come back. Yeah. Like look at um, what's his face from Supergirl left for a season. He's already back, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Will or whatever his name is. Anyways, whatever. Um, that I'm pretty sure we'll have something new next week because that, that's just a, so it's funny. She said they were trying to get away from the soap opera stuff and she's turned it into a soap opera. Yeah. So anyways, there's Batman game rumor news guys. Uh, I should say that this is coming from CBR. So it is very unreliable. Um, but the rumor is Montreal, which is Montreal W WB Montreal is expected to announce and in parentheses and release a Batman game soon. So um, this was reported a long time ago. So I think they're kind of just breathing off of those rumors. Um, or I should say surviving off those rumors. That we were going to get our first Batman announcement at E3. We're currently in June. And E3 takes place in June. And I always get hyped because it always reminds me that I'm only a month away from Comic-Con. I'm not getting either of these <laughs> this year. So um, I'm really sad about it. But... They well, we were we were supposed to get Batman news at E3. That was going to be like the big drop. More than likely, was also going to be when the PS5 was going to be announced. So we would have probably been like, oh yeah, it's going to be a PS5 title. Yeah. So we had all of this stuff going down, and now there is nothing like that. But 
So according to this article, it says, after years of rumors and speculation, the latest uh, report suggests that Warner Brothers Montreal is lighting up the bat signal to announce and release its next Batman game very soon. It's been about five years since Rocksteady's critically acclaimed Batman Arkham Knight was released, rounding off the developer's trilogy that started in 2009's Batman Arkham Asylum. Aside from the three Arkham games, Warner Brothers Montreal developed a prequel known as Bar- uh, Batman Origins in 2013. Batman Montreal is reportedly back for the next installment, and, and which could be uh, and wait could the wait could be finally over. Um, and then it's saying Game Reactor is their source. Never heard of it. Um, says that WB uh, Interactive Entertainment originally planned to announce this at E3. Pandemic canceled that. Uh, Black Lives Matter has pushed back the original PlayStation event that is actually happening tomorrow at the time of recording this. But this will be posted after that. So you might already hear about this by the time you hear it here from us. But we won't, felt like we would cover it anyways. Um, and then it says there's plenty of Batman rumors following the success. blah 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 They think the next one's going to have Court of Owls. Um, but yeah, it, you know, they talked about the cancel Damian Wayne thing and it's just a bunch of fluff, honestly. And it's just saying that we could be seeing some kind of announcement from WB Montreal about the game. And the, the, the most interesting thing is that it might get released soon. So what that means is it could possibly be a launch title for the PS5. Yeah. And that would be kind of insane, but awesome. Um, I would immediately buy it, and I would immediately buy the Batman-themed PS5 that hopefully they create. Oh, see, but the unfortunate thing about that is they'll create that a year later, so you have to buy another PS5, and it's going to come with, like, a, you know, a 10-minute DLC. And that's... But you're still going to buy it, and you're still going to play it. It's like, <laughs> yeah! Um, but, uh, but then again, we heard the price point might be $800, so uh, that might <laughs> exactly. be kind of gangster, but... Yeah, so that's the rumors. If this thing drops, it timeline-wise, it makes sense. Yes. Like, let's say they've been developing it for three years, right? I don't know how long games take to develop. Uh, but let's just say they've been working on it for three years. Technically, this is Montreal. The last one got done with Rocksteady. So Montreal could have been working on this for five years already. Yeah. So it's very possible. And um, and it, PS5 specs, you know, are given out to developers years in advance. They're like, yo, this is more than likely going to be our next one. Start building something for this. Um, so, yeah, it, it is very possible that the next Batman game will be a launch title. There's no confirmation of that. But I'd be fucking down. Like, if that's the only game that came out, I'd be like, I'm down. Fuck. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Totally. Like. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see. We haven't got a lot of news about Batman games in a long time, but I I would hope. I hope it's like, uh, you know, who Abrams does it with uh, Cloverfield all the fucking time. Here's a trailer. Comes out next week, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck? <laughs> they're not going to be good, but oh, they're, they're out. Um, so I'm really hoping that uh, this game is good and it gets announced pretty soon. So, but I, I just want to see what it's going to be, man. Tired of this. I've had a bet for like seven months already. <laughs> That, I know it's know, almost been a year. Holy I know, crap! It's like a fucking year going on this bet. Like if it has to do with Arkham, then I get something out of it. So I'm just like, ah, oh, hurry up! But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. We figured we'd cover it. It might just be another one of those like goose eggs that we just always get. But you know, it's whatever. Um, but one thing that is not whatever is Harley Quinn's freaking show because damn, that last episode <laughs> was pretty awesome. Oh man. I really, really, really 
enjoy this show. And now I think there's only is there only three episodes left? Or yeah, four? I think so. Something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check the app, but something like that sounds good. I'm looking. I mean, it sounds about right. Yeah. Let's uh, see. we just watched episode ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. There is three episodes left. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. The show's been building so well lately. Um, we saw that this episode, Harley just wanted to get, she wanted to get something inside her is basically what she was saying. <laughs> she was like, I'm just going to go out and fuck something. <laughs> and uh, it was great. She goes to this hoity-toity bar that's at Wayne, like Wayne Tower or whatever. And it's just all of these other people. She's like, yeah, I'm here. And she's like, oh, do you have a reservation? She's like, no. She's like, well, you have to go to the bar. She goes to the bar. She talks of all these random people. She doesn't like anybody. And the one person that fucking, uh, you know, she connects with or, you know, has some kind of interaction with is the bartender from the old bar that is Joker. Yeah. And she's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And uh, we know that this new Joker has a wife that has like a couple kids or something like that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, from that day, like I had this weird dream or something like that. And, and like, it, oh, no, you didn't. it is basically <laughs> the last time he was seen alive. And she's like, yeah. Oh, are you are you sure that was a dream? Dude, yeah. the funniest part of this entire episode was when, you know, these these ro- the people are robbing this bar yeah. on top of Wayne Tower. And Harley and this bartender, you know, get away through the air ducts and there's two guys standing post in this mm-hmm. room and you know, it's so funny because they start off this conversation with like, you know, man, I, I, I just really want to see my kids. It's been a long time, you know, and I heard that like, if they don't see me very often d- during this whole divorce, they'll like grow to hate me and stuff. And, you know, I yeah. just don't want to live my life like that. And then Harley and his bartender just come flying through the air ducts and they're like, Oh shit. And like, they start shooting and stuff. And what Harley ends up doing <laughs> is grabbing this gun and like shooting this dude and it's just like this blue ray that just like hits him and they're like oh yeah. shit what the fuck was that and they look down at the label and it says yeah. cancer gun <laughs> and they're like why would you even do that why would you even make that yeah. <laughs> and the dude the dude goes he drops his gun and he starts to run he's like i have to go see my kids yeah like if I if I got cancer, I want to spend the rest of my time with them. <laughs> and I was like, dude. But I love how Harley drops it. She's like, why would you even make that? <laughs> Man, dude, like Bruce, we, comedic, Bruce, oh, we gotta time, talk. Like, why the hell is Wayne Enterprises creating a cancer gun? Yeah, it's just oh man, it's so ridiculous. But it was so great. And then. Uh, you know, she ends up getting to the top of the roof, and we find out that Psycho is working with Riddler, and uh, everybody kind of thinks they're like, "Oh, y'all are together," and he's like, "No, we're partners, you idiot!" Dude, that <laughs> so, was my second favorite part. <laughs> yeah, so King King Shark thought Psycho and Riddler were together, and uh, they're like, "No, we're partners." Uh, so I thought that was fucking hilarious. And then, of course, he has this helmet that they stole from Wayne Enterprises or whatever that amplifies his brainwave so he's able to control all the parademons that are around the city. Which are from, like, three episodes ago. They're still yeah. flying around Gotham, which yeah. I think is absolutely bonkers. But yeah. uh, 
it was a little bit of a twist that mm-hmm. uh, that Psycho was working with Riddler, and yeah. like Riddler has like fucking just ripped quads, and like he yeah. is completely toned, and it's all because of the stupid treadmill thing, yeah, the the hamster wheel. But dude, we lose a part of Team Harley. Yeah. We had a death in this episode. We had a death crazy. in this episode. It was uh fuck, what is his name? I always forget his name. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's the it's the old guy. Yeah. And he fucking uses his dude, his wheelchair literally has everything. And of course he is <laughs> he's like half cyborg. Yeah. But he fucking uses his body and his wheelchair to break down the shield for Gordon and Harley to escape. Yeah. And because that's another thing. That's another thing that we forgot to mention is Bruce actually called Gordon mm-hmm. to be a co-pilot, co- co-pilot <laughs> for the Batwing yeah. to catch all these these uh, parademons. And it's so funny because, like, he's not allowed to, like, actually maneuver the ship. He's just sitting there. <laughs> it's on autopilot. And he's like, come on, please, Bats. I just, I just, yeah. let me fly, yeah. man. Let, yeah. let me fly. Daddy needs some action. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love this show, dude. It is absolutely right, right. hilarious. You know, at first, when, when this show first started, I kind of wanted everything to be almost like batman and then just be in the perspective of harley but this is so much better you know having gordon be a little bit of an oddball even batman being a little silly and being very childish at moments you know he's you know he really wants to go out and be batman but alfred won't let him and Mm. just seeing all of this come down the character development has been amazing for this show uh, great storytelling, and now you just gotta think, what the fuck is gonna happen next? Yeah. So at the end of this episode, we find out that um, Harley needs somebody to beat Psycho because Psycho is just too powerful for her. So she ends up taking Joker to Ace Chemicals and pushes him in a vat. Yeah. And so we, she is going to create the Joker like the way the Joker created her. So it's a nice parallel between the characters. And, uh, yeah, we're going to see what happens in the next issue. Because, I mean, what happens throughout the episode is he's, like, getting hit in the head and stuff like that. And he's, like, laughing or he's, like, li- things are triggering him. And she's, like, no, no, no. No, 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 you're fine. She's, like, trying to keep the Joker, like, tame. Suppressed, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Harley actually does learn a life lesson in this. You know, when she takes him to Ace Chemicals, she says, you know, this is what poison ivy meant. You know, I keep fucking things up and it comes, it, there needs to be a time where I need to, you know, set things straight and realize that, you know, I can't do all this batshit crazy things just because I want to, I need to actually fix things. And that's when, you know, she throws, I'm sorry, I'm about to sneeze here in a second. Yeah. But Ivy is not in this episode the whole time. Yeah. So that's one thing. And it, it did focus on Harley we saw a little bit of Batman and, of course, Gordon doing things. But, yeah, yeah, Ivy, we lose a part of the team. 
And we see that, you know, Ivy does learn that, I mean, not Ivy, uh, Harley learns that life lesson. And it's such a good show. And I hope that they're going to greenlit season three and four and five or how many they ever want to make. Because this is great. I wish the comic was more like this. Oh, yeah. Like, just batshit crazy like this. Well, the thing is, a lot of people don't like Sam Humphreys on Harley. He's actually Mm. leaving the title. So really, yeah, he's leaving the title uh, pretty soon, like within the Lex, like three or four issues. Uh, He's taking over. I have no clue. Uh, Mm. So I think that's going to be in the next solicitations. So hopefully it is somebody that I'm interested in reading because I would love to get a Harley like this. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, it would be hilarious because, again, you don't have to play around with continuity. Although, I'm not going to lie, I would love to see a serious Harley story. Well, for me, now that we have Punchline, I kind mm. of want a somewhat serious take on Harley with Punchline as her, like, main villain. Her, like, yeah. nemesis, her rival, mm-hmm. you know? Just kind yeah. of being that thorn in her side, reminding her of Joker. Yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, a 6- to 12-issue story on that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and just kind of her going through her own things. I would like to see a, a more serious take on her relationship with Ivy. I think that would be kind of cool. Because they did that Ivy and Poison Ivy and Harley story. I think that's still going on. or It might, it might be over already. It is over. Um, Nothing was, really came about it. Yeah, no, it was garbage. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I think that some people – now – I will say we have, much like we do Joker, we've gotten a lot of Harley in DC Black Label. Yes. So, and that's a cool story. That's a cool story that we've been getting with them. Um, oh, that's some random-ass news, too. The creator, you know his name, um, is no longer going to be drawing comics anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Step Stepan Sajic. Yeah, he's uh, going to web comics. Yeah. Which is very interesting. But he says he has a passion for it because he loves the audience. He loves yeah. how they react to him. So that's kind of cool. But uh, if you enjoyed that art um, from Harley and stuff like that, uh, you know, I wonder if those are going to go up now, you know, because he's not going to be drawing anymore for that. I don't think they will. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'll take a look at it later. Yeah. But uh, I I would because, I mean, he is in love with the series that he does. He's he he yeah. very much goes into the more sexual type stories. Yeah. Uh, but that's his audience, dude. And they just eat it up. They eat it up, and it's a Tumblr audience. I th- I think that he got a lot of exposure through the pandemic because he gave his most famous uh, stories, uh, Sunstone, all six mm-hmm. volumes for free yeah. on the internet, and that got a lot of exposure for him. Nice, yeah. So that was some interesting news, but yeah, I I would love to see more of Harley in all different takes. But I think her main continuity run, or I mean, it's not. Con- continuity or canon or whatever you want to call it um yeah if it was more like this show i I think it would be something i might be interested in picking up or at least reading because i'm currently not reading any of the harley stuff right now yeah um but yeah i think if it was more comedy but you had good storytelling where there's good character development i think that's what you want to see from characters or you want to see from comic books um because i don't mind reading i don't have to read serious shit all the time like i don't mind a feel-good story um but you know we don't we haven't been getting that from a lot of stories actually but you know it's whatever but yeah i it sucks there's only three more episodes of this but at the end of this month we do get doom patrol so yeah 
Is HBO Max doing the one episode thing too? I believe they are because I think there's a show called Love Life there. Mm-hmm. And they did three episodes. Okay. They, they're releasing three episodes each week. But I think because of how popular Doom Patrol is, they may just do one. But, I mean, everybody ate up Love Life and they were only going to be doing one episode. But because of how popular it is, they actually started to do the three episode each week. Interesting. Is that like a sitcom or something? Yeah. So it has, uh, what's her name? Andra or Anna, Anna Kendrick. Oh, okay. So nice. it is like her life, her love life. And it's an anthology. So the characters that you're introduced in to in that mm-hmm. show, apparently each one of them is going to have a season talking about their uh-huh. love life. Uh, it's apparently really, really good. Um, me and my wife have like a weird like obsession with Anna Kendrick as far mm-hmm. like I, I have seen a lot of really stupid movies yeah. because of, she's not in a lot of good movies. Yeah. She, she's thing. not, she's not in like big budget, like blockbuster yeah. type stuff like at all really. Yeah. But she, she's in these like small little, like almost, I would call them Hallmark type stories or movies. Yeah. And I mean, some of them are funny. Some of them are just, you know, cute or whatever but i wanted to see that one on quibi the sex doll one yeah that one looks hilarious but i don't want to pay the money to see it (laughs) well it's a 90 day free trial so you could probably knock it out oh that's true um so but i also like i I just don't want another app on my phone (laughs) just too much (laughs) but yeah anyways harley quinn's amazing we got a lot of good comic books um yeah, that's that's pretty much all we got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, next week we will have Death Metal. That is like probably the biggest yeah. comic that we're probably going to be covering next week. Uh, but it's you know that's basically it. I think we have uh, Batman and the Outsiders, Outsiders and we we will judge if we're going to continue that series after yeah. that next issue because there was a big thing that happened on the last one, but we read that. We covered it for so long, and I feel like nothing really came about in that series. Yeah, from what I've been hearing, a lot of people think it's going to end after three trades. So anytime yeah. after 15. So we may just finish it out. Yeah. And But I would say if if 13 and 14 aren't great, then I think we should mm-hmm. just drop it, to be honest. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, Death Metal, that would be pretty cool. Um, our My not-so-favorite character will be back. It seems like so. Fucking <laughs> not gonna be happy about that, you know. But you know, we'll see. I don't know. Batman who laughs. I'm already over it. Um, but he'll be like the king Batman who laughs or some bullshit. But it's supposed to be a Wonder Woman story. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. Um, and of course, Batman will be in the background, and we'll see where it goes. But look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pretty sure we'll have some more Batman, or I should say, Batwoman news. We'll see. Hopefully, they do a 1080, and they're like, fine, we're gonna just recast her. Okay. Wow, wow, that would be the best thing they can do. Dude, that, then I, I would care. Like everybody's talking about how like this like bad precedent for giving quote unquote toxic fans the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. If Twitter and the internet bully the CW into giving us Kate Kane, that'll be hilarious. Well, I feel like that would be a Sonic moment, you know? Like Yeah. People are yeah. only gonna benefit it because like i'm so surprised sonic actually made money like it blows my mind it was such a good people movie were just gonna bully them and not watch it like that's what i think i thought was gonna happen but apparently it made like what 
300 million or 200 yeah. million or something like that a lot of a lot of people the way they judged that movie was it made more money than birds of prey basically yeah yeah although uh, it did have a longer run yes than birds of prey did so yeah you know that was a thing but i think you know what sometimes sometimes people just need to be bullied <laughs> but no <laughs> uh companies do not necessarily people uh but yeah i just again such a stupid thing but anyways ladies and gentlemen clay i know you got some podcasts you want to pimp out so yeah so i'm going to be uh of course doing fanboy comics podcast three episodes a week thursday friday and saturday dealing with the marvel unlimited app the dc universe app and the shonen jump app of course i am going to be on the comic book legion podcast every single week and also something that you don't even know about, but I'll go ahead and mm-hmm. pimp it out here. Uh, I'm going to be doing a round table uh, pretty soon. It's going to be on my YouTube channel because surprisingly, out of no idea why I decided to do it, I actually reacted to the Bill and Ted 3 trailer as well as the Doom Patrol 2 trailer. Okay. And nice. I just threw them on YouTube. I don't have any editing like experience whatsoever, so I just... like recorded it right here and i was just like ah, i got a camera i got you know freaking stream labs i'll just do whatever and nice. it you know it's been fun i only did two episodes i or two videos i don't plan on doing a whole lot you know i'm not gonna go crazy with it but i think like with the stuff that i'm really looking forward to you know i'm gonna try to go completely dark tomorrow on the playstation stuff and if i mm-hmm. hear about a batman thing i may you know react to it yeah you know man i don't really know like i like half-heartedly wanted to ask if i could be late tomorrow because one i want to cut my hours at the same time but <laughs> i don't think i don't think i'll end up doing it but i'll find out how i feel tomorrow uh if because i feel like there's going to be a little buzz before it happens mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i'm not expecting anything batman to happen like i i um, don't expect it but at the same time it would be like the best thing you know yeah yeah i think it would be a great reaction but I feel like there was something I was actually going to react to tomorrow that I need to look at. But anyways, we'll see what happens. People are going to be like, uh, that already happened. Uh, so it's whatever. But yeah, definitely go check those out, guys. Of course, if you haven't come and hung out over on the Twitch stream, it's twitch.tv slash juice from the box. You guys should come hang out. It's a good time. Go hit that bell button just so you know when we go live. We've been, I'm currently doing all this stuff in The Sims right now. I know you might not think it's fun. Or it sounds interesting, but we're building this whole, like, Batman DC universe over there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, And I'm going to start putting my audience in there eventually, so it's going to be pretty crazy. But uh, that's going on. Of course, you can check out the Juice Reacts channel. You can check out the Bat from the Box channel. But uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! News Weekly! Batman!